Good morning and welcome to Monday Coffee. We've been going through a series on fear and what fear can teach us because the Bible talks about how uh, we should not fear. That's the most uh, repeated saying in the Bible, do not fear. And I don't think it means that God wants us to not ever feel the emotion of fear, but it's about what we do with that fear and how we uh, live it out or how we deal with it. Most oftentimes we tend to feel fear and then we we hurt others because we are just trying to protect ourselves. First week we talked about the Ludan possessions. Last week we talked about the Mothman. And the story I bring to you this week is titled, The Devil Made Me Do It. And it's a story of a man who uh, killed his girlfriend's boss. And then in trial, they tried to use the defense that he was possessed by the devil while committing this murder. Here's that story. On February 16th, 1981, Arnie Johnson called in sick to his job at Wright Tree Service and joined Debbie, his girlfriend, at the kennel where she worked, along with his sister Wanda and Debbie's nine-year-old cousin, Mary. Bono, the couple's landlord and Debbie's employer at the kennel, bought the group lunch at a local bar and proceeded to drink heavily. After lunch, the group returned to the kennel Debbie then took the girls to get pizza, but insisted they return quickly, anticipating trouble. When they returned, Bono, intoxicated at this point, became agitated. Everyone left the room at Debbie's urging except Bono, who seized Mary and refused to let go. Johnson headed back to the apartment and ordered Bono to release Mary. Wanda recounted the following events to the police. Mary ran for the car as Debbie attempted to mitigate the situation by standing between the two men. Wanda tried in vain to pull Johnson away. Johnson, growling like an animal, then drew a five-inch pocket knife and stabbed Bono repeatedly. Bono died several hours later. According to Johnson's lawyer, Bono had suffered four or five tremendous wounds, mostly to his chest and one that stretched from his stomach to the base of his heart. Johnson was discovered two miles from the site of the killing and was held at Bridgeport Correctional Center on bail of $125,000. The trial took place in Connecticut's Superior Court in Danbury, beginning on October 28, 1981. Johnson's lawyer attempted to submit a plea of not guilty by the virtue of possession, but the presiding judge, Robert Callahan, promptly rejected this defense. Callahan argued that no such defense could ever exist in a court of law due to the lack of evidence and that it would be irrelevant and unscientific to, to allow related testimony. The defense chose to imply that Johnson acted in self-defense. Because of this, the jury was not legally allowed to consider demonic possession as a viable explanation for the killing. The jury deliberated for 15 hours over three days before convicting Johnson on November 24, 1981 of first-degree manslaughter. He was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison, though he only served five. So what did you think of this story? Arnie killed his uh, girlfriend's boss and used the defense that he was possessed. And there was a movie made this past summer, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, based on this story. And this has been a story that has captured a lot of people for a long time. And we could talk all about if he was actually possessed or not, or if possession is real or not, and, and all those different variables within this. But I think one of the things I want to talk about from this that I see 
is that we often, as humans, as fallen beings, we try to create our own narratives when we don't want to take responsibility for our own actions. We want to say things, we want to create false uh, realities when we don't want to deal with the fact that we did something wrong. We do this all the time. We, 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 we hurt people and then we try to blame it on something else. For example, I think in Christianity, I've heard Christians often say things such as that Satan's really tempting me with this or like Satan's just waiting around the corner and Satan's really working on me and I feel like I can't uh, keep him away anymore. Or when they do commit a sin, they're just like, you know, the devil's really working on me. I think in some ways that actually, you know, skirts the responsibility that we have. We're fallen beings and sometimes we have weaknesses and sometimes we can hurt people without the help of Satan. And so we need to take responsibility for that. I think about the story of Peter, how he denied Jesus three times when Jesus was arrested and died on the cross. That he kept saying, no, I don't know him. I don't know him at all, instead of speaking his truth. Later on, he got to see Jesus when Jesus was resurrected and, and he was uh, reconciled with Christ in that way. And I think this is what the powerful thing about confession is. We bring things that are meant, the shame that we have, shame keeps things hidden in the dark. Confession brings it to light and nothing can survive. Darkness cannot survive in the light. John 3:17 says that. And so for you this week, what, where are the things, what are the things in your life that you, the shame that you're experiencing that you're keeping in the darkness? How can you bring that to light? How can you confess that either to the people you've hurt or to God? How can you bring that to light? Because when things sit in the darkness, they begin to fester and they create a whole new reality and narrative that is false to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Find those things in your life this week or even in the world where you see it happening in the world. And we'll see you next week. Have a great week.